0: and welcome to Make Good, the podcast about yarn and knitting from scratch Supply Co. We're recording today in downtown Lebanon, New Hampshire, and we're really excited to be here. I'm Karen. And I'm Jessica. And today we're going to be talking about Rhinebeck sweaters in particular. Yeah, we got a letter that had a question about, well, we're going to loop back around to it. So we got a question that's sort of related and we thought this would be a good chance to talk about Rhinebeck sweaters and Rhinebeck in general. Because it's the kind of thing that, like, maybe you've heard, you know, the name Rhinebeck thrown around, but it feels a little mysterious because it's also just a town. There are other things in that town. If you just Google, like, what is Rhinebeck? I don't know. So, let's talk about it. We've touched on the festival a little
1: bit in past episodes, but what is colloquially referred to as Rhinebeck amongst knitters is actually called New York Sheep and Wool Festival, and it is huge. I don't know if it's the biggest wool festival in the
0: United States, but it's got to be close. I think we talked about this before and the unsupported by any actual data conclusion that we came to was that yes, it probably is. Yeah, Maryland is also big. There's some other like notably large sheep and wool
1: festivals, but Rhinebeck is the pinnacle, I think, of (laughs) of sheep and wool experience. It's held at the Dutchess County Fairgrounds, and it's in picturesque New York state. So beautiful fall foliage. It takes place in October. And if you are inclined to love other knitters and want to hug a sheep and like cider donuts or love cider donuts, it's probably where you would like to be in October, whether or not you're going any particular year.
0: We had pretty much decided that we didn't think we were going to feel ready to go this year, and then some other things have happened, and we think that what we personally are probably going to do is book somewhere with a one- or two-week cancellation policy, so that if the Delta variant comes back around or whatever, we don't want to not be able to go if things feel safe, but we don't want to feel trapped into going if things don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. So... Very possible
1: that we will be there.
0: (laughs) It's, It's aspirational trip planning,
1: I think. So if you see us there and you're also going, that's how you'll see us there. Say hi. Oh, hello,
0: you. So one of the things you'll start to see, and even if you aren't actually going to Rhinebeck, but you'll start to see around social media and on Ravelry and on any of the sort of knitting community that you might be part of. Right around now, people start to talk about Rhinebeck sweaters. Mm-hmm. Because it takes a long time to it, a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jessica, what is a Rhinebeck sweater? What are people talking about when they're like, my Rhinebeck sweater? What do they mean?
1: Okay. So I did some digging with the hopes that somebody had done some historical narrative about the Rhinebeck sweater from the beginning of New York Sheep and Wool. And from my initial digging, I have not located this if it exists. So if you (laughs) are aware of it, send us an email, drop us a message in our DMs, like something, because I would love to read it. But what the Rhinebeck sweater is, is not any one particular sweater. It is your particular sweater that you have made to wear like a proud peacock in all of your (laughs) hand-knit glory at Rhinebeck to show off to your friends and feel amazing in all weekend long.
0: Yes, I'd say probably most of us in the knitter community have had this experience. The, I'm going to call the normal people, the non-knitter people, (laughs) (laughs) may or may not be equipped to appreciate the hand-knit sweater or Mm -hmm. the hand-knit garment in general. Right. And often I think, I can't be the only one who's had this experience, they appreciate like the wrong thing about the hand-knit garment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where, where they'll be like, oh, wow, that must have been really hard. And you're like, that was the easy part. It was the five-color color work that was difficult. Right, oh. not the ribbed cuffs on <laughs> right. my sleeves. Right, You can't blame them. They don't know. Right. Oh, totally. Or they'll be like, well, it's very soft. And you're like, cool, the sheep did that. But everyone at Rhinebeck is equipped to appreciate this thing that you have made, and so I think there is a sort of you want to show up to Rhinebeck wearing something that you want people to comment on, because behavior that would be not okay in almost any other context,
1: like don't do this at the grocery store,
0: right, is welcome and fine. You are clearly on your way somewhere. I'm going to stop you to talk about your sweater. I'm going to stop you to talk about your hat. That's what we're all there to do.
1: Mm -hmm. And generally people are good about asking permission first, but like petting of knit garments (laughs) and hugging of people and asking you to turn around so they can see all angles, things you're not doing in the deli aisle. Right. Right. Like, well, maybe you are if you encounter another knitter there and you're like, hey, did you (laughs) knit that sweater? (laughs) A little bit of preening and showing off can happen, but not everyone in the store is doing it.
0: You know, the thing where if you and somebody else show up to a party wearing the same outfit and you're like, (laughs) one of us needs to go home and change. That's not true at Rhinebeck. At Rhinebeck, you're instant best friends if you show up wearing the same. You're pair bonded.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, your knitter brain is like my knitter brain. (laughs) We are one now. Who are you on Instagram?
0: So, you know, if Rhinebeck is like Saturday and Sunday, right, you might have one sweater, you might have two sweaters because you want to wear something different on both of the days. But the Rhinebeck sweater, the concept of knitting a sweater to wear to this event is a tradition at this point, Mm -hmm. a tradition with a lot of hilarity associated with
1: it. Oh yeah. So like now, July is now, and this is when a lot of I mean, that's shocking to me because it's almost over, but a lot of us start planning in July. Some people start planning earlier for their Rhinebeck sweater. And we all have grand ambitions to have knit and blocked and prepared to wear something Rhinebeck weekend. And the reality of that is kind of all over the map. Like there are some people who are really good good planners, they're prepared. And then there's some of us that are like chaos Muppets. And you will see all types of folks at Rhinebeck, some in beautifully blocked finished sweaters, and some with sweaters that still have needles in them, Uh. that maybe don't have sleeves, or a neckline, or a completed torso. Yeah, like, (laughs) this happens, and it's okay. But Squidney, let's talk about Squidney. So, Squidney is an amazing knitter and she knits a lot of like vintage styled, tailored, amazing, beautiful pieces. And she definitely was at the fairgrounds last year in a sweater that had one sleeve. (laughs) And it was amazing because I had seen pictures of her before running into her in person, where like beautiful sweater, great pictures. And she was standing just so you could only see one side of her body. So, when I (laughs) came across her at the fairgrounds and there was a whole arm and shoulder sticking out of the other side. (laughs) It was hilarious and amazing and made me feel like we were friends because sometimes you just don't get things done in time and
0: that's okay. I think the way the Rhinebeck sweater is evolving as a concept has a lot to do with Instagram, but things like that where Squidney is you know she's posing for Instagram and you can see like the finished part but then when you meet her in person you can see that there's a a whole arm missing Mm -hmm. from this sweater I love this postmodern version of Instagram where we're like sure we can post for pretty pictures but also we're all just a mess I like it oh it's fun like because we all know it's theater for each other oh yeah we're
1: putting on a show that's the fun of it nobody (laughs) thinks this is real right But speaking of Instagram, it's a great way to take like a trip down memory lane of all of the Rhinebeck sweaters. So currently, as of us recording this, between the hashtag Rhinebeck sweater and then the hashtags Rhinebeck sweater with years attached to it, like Reinbeck sweater 2019, there are like 12,000 posts. There are so many sweaters. And to pay attention to Instagram over the past couple of years, when patterns are released in the summer intended to be Rhinebeck sweaters, it would lead one to believe that that is the sanctioned Rhinebeck sweater. But it's not. Oh, right. Yeah, it's not at all. Like historically, we've all just kind of knit whatever sweater we want to wear this fall. And designers and dyers have kind of teamed up to create like their Rhinebeck sweater project. And yet, You can still knit whatever you want and like appreciate whatever that project is, but it might not be the right sweater for you. So we would like to encourage you as you think about your Rhinebeck sweater, if you haven't planned one yet, to not feel tied to any particular pattern. If it speaks to you, that's great. And if it doesn't, that's okay. There's no knitting enforcement at Rhinebeck. Like you don't have to have a certain thing on to be part of the event and the culture
0: totally i think a lot of the time designers they want to release a pattern that can be knit in time for Rhinebeck. Mm-hmm. and a lot of the time it will be one that is sort of appreciable by other knitters right it'll have some kind of like technical feature or something on it that will set you up to have those like positive interactions with people but if you want to show up to if your Rhinebeck sweater is a i don't know a flax Great. You knit the sweater you want to wear. Yeah, absolutely. Then There's Make no, it yours. <laughs> yeah. Like you're going to have this in your closet after you finish the sweater, after you leave the event. Make it something you actually want. One of the things. So, when I say that, I think the way the concept of the sweater is evolving depends a little bit on Instagram is because of the concept of the meetup. Sure. And I love this as an idea. So, if you've ever been to Rhinebeck or if you haven't been to Rhinebeck, whenever you hear about a meetup, they say by the tree. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, it's upstate New York. And if you've never been there, you're like by the tree, there's probably more than one. No, no. As soon as you see the fairgrounds, you know what they mean. There is one tree. It's enormous and beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's basically the the tree. tree. And what people will do is they'll set a time. They'll say, you know, one o'clock on Saturday, if you are wearing this thing, show up there. We'll all take a picture together. It'll be fun. And people meet up for all sorts of reasons.
1: Like it might be a podcast meetup, (laughs) right? Like a group of people might get together and meet each other and hang out. It might be for some other type of project, like 2019? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we were there. It was 2019. Nobody was there last year. Denise Bayron did a meetup for her Hat Dana project, which was not a sweater. It was a bandana style headpiece, basically. You could wear it lots of different ways. You could wear it like a cowl, you could wear it like a hair wrap. So it was a versatile accessory size piece. And there were a ton of people who showed up for that meetup.
0: I think we talked about the Hat Dana in our styling episode a couple mm-hmm. of episodes ago. First, I just absolutely loved the way Denise did that because it was a very accessible project for people. It wasn't a commitment to a whole sweater. We totally still saw unfinished Hat Danas at the Hat Dana meetup, by the way. There were needles hanging off of people's heads all over the place. It was great. So while that is neat to do, and it's fun to meet up in a big group of friends or people who are becoming your friends to take a picture all wearing the same thing, there is absolutely... No pressure to knit any particular designer's specific Rhinebeck sweater. This is maybe your opportunity
1: to knit your knit frosting, because there are definitely some very individual, wild, amazing patterns too that you will not see a duplicate of at the fairgrounds. So maybe this is your opportunity to feel motivated to do something special that's just for you. I can't remember what the text was, but there was a person at Rhinebeck who had knit a sweater that had words all over it. Do you remember we saw them by the barn and there were a bunch of people standing around taking pictures of all angles of this sweater? I can't remember what the words were, but it was small text, not like three big words or something. Like this person had done some serious color work and it was amazing. It was like a self-drafted pattern. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So things get kind of wild and weird, too, every once in a while. I do remember seeing
0: the woman with the octopus sweater.
1: Tentacularly. Uh, Tentacularly, yes.
0: Thankfully, we were in a social environment where it was totally appropriate to run up and be like, hey, it's you. (laughs) It's you and your sweater. We think you're fantastic. Mm -hmm. Because that would have been weird, probably, in a grocery store.
1: I might have done it anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, we're shameless. So back in 2013, which feels like a lifetime ago, but wasn't really that long ago, the designer Isolde Teague reached out to other designer friends and said, hey, let's make some Rhinebeck sweaters. And this group of designers put together a book that is a collection of 12 different patterns. And it's amazing. There's great variety in the shape and style and types of details that go into all of the sweaters in this book, which is really fun because they're all just inspired by the New York sheep and wool experience. The Coleman has a pattern in there that's a take on the traditional fisherman's sweater. There are fantastic cardigans with pockets. There are pullovers that have surprise peekaboo panels on the back. Very different things coming from all of these designers. And we will put a link in the show notes to the lookbook for those patterns so you can kind of read the designers' little stories about them and explore and maybe feel inspired to knit one or go in a different direction with what you had maybe been thinking about. Another thing to consider while you're thinking about Rhinebeck sweater options is New England fall weather. (laughs) Yes. You don't know what it's going (laughs) to (laughs) be. So maybe planning for something versatile. You might not want to just knit yourself a tank top. Maybe my outline tank that I'm knitting right now is not going to be my only Rhinebeck piece because I will freeze if it happens to be 45 degrees that weekend. Also, maybe not a lopi sweater for me either, because what if it's 90 degrees in October in Rhinebeck? So right. Think about the kinds of things you like to wear, whether you're a layering person or not, and kind of plan accordingly because fall weather is all over the place.
0: So I want to break our format a little bit and jump right into our letter because this is kind of related. That's what prompted us to talk about this in the first place. And then we'll loop back around to what's on our needles. Mm Mm-hmm. So our letter this week is from Simone, Hi Simone, who writes, Dear Scratch, there's a newly released sweater pattern that I love and I want to knit to wear to Rhinebeck this fall. The yarns that the designer used are way out of my budget and it's making me feel left out. What should I do? Pick different yarn, choose a different sweater. I just want to have a sweater that I love for my first New York sheep and wool.
1: Oh, Simone,
0: that's a good
1: question. And don't Feel left out. I feel like everyone who goes to New York Sheep and Wool and wears a sweater, whatever that sweater is, is going to be included. It's not like everyone there is going to be in the same thing. So don't feel left out. It's definitely not a secret passcode to a club or something. It's okay. Totally. So I have a feeling that I know what sweater you're talking about, but I'm not going to say that sweater's name because maybe it's not what you're talking about and I'm making assumptions. But If there is a sweater pattern that you love and you want to knit it and you cannot use the yarn that the designer uses in their sample for any number of reasons, whether it's budget or fiber content or access to that yarn, that's okay. That's okay. There is no rule. There is no, like I said earlier, like there's no enforcing body that's going to make you use that specific thing. And fortunately for all of us, Fiber World has so many options. There is so much fantastic yarn out there. So if the sweater you're looking at uses yarn that feels very expensive, it's okay. You can use something else. There are a couple of ways to explore other yarn options. Yarn substitution can feel intimidating, but it's really not that bad. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Some designers will suggest other yarns for their patterns, whether it's in the notes on their Ravelry page for the project, or they have created some sort of PDF document, or they will link you to a website that does yarn substitutions. You can find other options. Another great resource for yarn substitutions is your local yarn shop.
0: Yes. So there was a conversation about this. And I think we talked about this on the podcast before around Mm -hmm. like price point accessibility and all of that kind of thing regarding like relating to designers. And the thing is, it is great when designers provide options and alternatives to the yarn that they used in their designs. But from our perspective, that's kind of not their job. That's our job. Go to a shop and talk to the person who's there, and they should be able to help you substitute. And if they can't, leave that shop immediately, because... <laughs> just run. <laughs> right. Run. Because they have done... They're doing a bad job at their job. Or we are doing a bad job at our job, if it's us, right? Like, run from leave. us, too. <laughs> right. I have a feeling that one of the yarns that is being referenced here is probably Spin Cycle. I think that's not unlikely. Spin Cycle is expensive. Mm -hmm.
1: And it shows up in lots of sweater patterns.
0: Yes. Part of why it's expensive is it's a whole supply chain issue. It's well cared for sheep from farms where the farmers are making a living wage, the mill workers are making a living wage. Nobody's being exploited at any stage in the labor chain in the production of this. It's also the sort of technology and the infrastructure behind taking a hand spinning technique and translating it to a commercial scale a lot of times you can get that same effect from actual hand spinners. Mm -hmm. The timing on this is a little rough. If that is a yarn that you want to access in time to make a Rhinebeck sweater for yourself for this fall, because I'm going to guess that wherever you are, there's probably not a lot of fiber festivals happening right now, which is usually where you encounter hand spinners selling their yarn. You could also look on like Etsy or something, but that is still an option, like the small scale production, which a large designer is probably not going to use because there's always going to be people who want the yarn that the pattern is designed in. And a designer isn't going to do that to like one woman with a spinning wheel who they ran into at, let's say, Vermont Sheep and Wool, who like her hands can only move so fast Mm-hmm. She can't have 4,000 people trying to buy a sweater's <laughs> quantity of yarn from her. her she's going she's gonna to close her email account and move <laughs> to the moon, right? <laughs> so She might fake her death.
1: Right, right? Ah. She could fake her death. Well, and I, I want to jump in here and offer up the idea that also, if you are finding a hand-spun yarn, it might not be any less expensive. Oh, very true. Right? But really what you're looking to achieve if you want the spin cycle look is a marled yarn which you might also be able to create that like some version of that technique by holding lighter weight yarns double that are different colors like there there are ways to play around and experiment or look for if the price is the issue a less expensive like commercially milled option, which does exist. But you know, you'll have to dig and do a little bit of research or just ask your local yarn shop to do that for you. Yes. Because they probably are aware of a number of options, right?
0: So that being said, right, there are also other accessibility issues around fiber. There's things like either straight up allergy or just skin sensitivity to particular fibers. So if the price of these particular yarns, Simone, are prohibitive
1: to you, you are not going to be the only person knitting this particular sweater who is not using the specific yarns that were knit by the designer.
0: Absolutely. To come
1: full circle here, like you will be in good company with a variety of different fibers that are going to show up in that pattern. So you could choose a different pattern if the issue is You just want that very specific look. Like when people come in and they're like, I want to knit this sweater in this color, in this yarn, because it's what I can see in the picture. Like if that is you, you might want to choose a different pattern. But if that's not you and you just love the design, you can find colors and yarns that will come together to create something that you're really going to love. So find your local shop.
0: Can I just also mention... I I don't know what sweater specifically you're talking about, Simone, but I have personally seen a Rhinebeck sweater that involves holding mohair double. Mm -hmm. There are fingering weight mohairs out there. Just throwing that out there. If anybody listening to this is feeling tightening in their chest at the thought of holding lace mohair double to knit something, there are fingering weight mohairs that exist Mm -hmm. that could do that same function without having to hold anything double. And that will cut the price of your mohair in half
1: because you need half the yardage. Right. So there are options and there are people who can help you. (laughs) And we hope this was helpful too.
0: I am going to link to, there's a website that does yarn substitution by statistic. I think that's not really the right word, but it's a robot making the choice. And sometimes it's way off, but it will compare (laughs) like, it will compare like the quantifiable aspects of different yarns to each other. I'll link that in the show notes for anybody who doesn't happen to live near a, a shop or, like, it still requires some, like, application of human brain because the robot doesn't really know. The robot doesn't know what the yarn feels like. You just look at it and you're like, no, that's not comparable in any way. But it at least gives you, like, a data set to work with, basically.
1: hmm Hey, Jessica. Yes, Karen. What's on your needles?
0: So glad you asked.
1: I am well into my last stages, I think, of my outline tank. Ooh, for our summer knit along. And I love it. It's pretty great. I can't wait to drop my stitches. I'm not quite at that point yet for the other people who are knitting the outline tank, but I'm gonna drop those stitches and feel triumphant. <laughs> yeah, and then I have big plans for other upcoming projects too, which are kind of exciting. We had that Mad Tosh pop-up shop in the store last two weekends ago, I think. By the time people hear this, whenever it is. Anyways, I got myself some amazing moody dark red bulky weight yarn. I'm going to knit myself a grandpa style cardigan and I'm going to love it. So it's not on my needles yet, but I'm fighting the urge to put it on my needles every day while I finish this tank top. (laughs)
0: Hey, Karen. Uh,
1: What's on your needles?
0: I did a little knitting. Yay. I'm still kind of on wrist. Hiatus wrist Um, rest wrist rest yeah so as part of my surgery they actually had to move the tendon in my thumb they remodeled my wrist basically it was a it was a total Reno (laughs) they moved the tendon so I wanted to just try out a little bit of knitting with the lightest weight possible so I just cast on a sock because I was like you know what that's one small needle and a tiny bit of yarn on the needle. And I still need to keep take it very, very slow. You know what I did, though? What did you do? I think I picked my Rhinebeck sweater. <gasps> and I ordered what? yarn. I ordered the yarn. I did. I totally did the thing. So in the upcoming fall issue of Pom Pom, there's a sweater that was designed by Catherine Clark from Brooklyn General called Clodonia. It's inspired by lichen. And I just, I loved it so much that I went on Brooklyn General's website and just ordered the kit that she put together that's like the yarn that she knit the thing out of. That's so exciting. It's not my style to do that at all, but it was just, it called to me. So my goal is to be healed enough to be able to knit that whole sweater by October, whether or not we actually go to Rhinebeck. I want a Rhinebeck sweater. sweater. Yeah. So
1: That's nice. Sometimes you just need like a thing handed to you. Yes. Like emotionally, just give me the thing so I can make it. Make the decision for me.
0: It's a gift sometimes. Yes, absolutely. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. It was kind of exciting to shop from somebody else's store. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's what's going to be on my needles.
1: That's amazing. I haven't picked my Reinbeck sweater pattern yet. I've got to think. You should probably do that. Maybe I'll just make one up. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have dreams, Karen. I have dreams. <laughs> we'll see what
0: happens. So the knit-along is ongoing. Oh my God, y'all, you're amazing. We have like a month left. And people are
1: on more than one garment at this point. Some of them. Some people are still in progress, like myself included. But I, I am seeing people saying, I have finished my first project yes. for the Make Good made-along. And it's wild. I thought that might happen, but I didn't think it would happen with so much frequency. So it's exciting to see everyone's projects. We have a highlight on our Instagram page, so you can click on that and look at people's projects. You can also follow the hashtag and keep up with people as they're posting. But I try to do my best to get in there and share those posts into our stories and then plunk them into the highlights so we can keep them all in one place. It's awesome. It's so good. You're talented. Your color choices are sublime.
0: It's just exciting. <laughs> and you're also cute. Yeah, yes. It's so great to see these patterns on people. Mhm. They just all look good on everyone. And everybody's like personal style is so adorable, and I just I'm enjoying watching this knit along so much. People are knitting all over the place. They're
1: knitting outside. Someone was knitting in a hot tub. I don't think it went well for her, (laughs) but she shared that journey with us.
0: Yeah, she said it was less relaxing than she'd hoped. And things got wet. Yeah, and things (laughs) got wet, which feels like the not relaxing part is you would be worried about your stuff getting wet. But not an unpredictable outcome.
1: (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. It'll dry. That sheep got rained on. I was
0: just going to say that
1: sheep's been wet before. Well, the knit-along goes through August 31st, so keep knitting and keep posting and we will keep cheering you on because this is amazing and fun. And while we're talking about knit-alongs, if anyone has a brilliant, inspired idea about what might be fun to make this fall,
0: shoot us a message
1: because at some point we'll need to start planning that.
0: I think we should do something. Socks? accessories? Yeah, I think we should do something that frees people up to make their own Rhinebeck sweater for the fall. Just a fun quickie? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But also something that if we do have a make good meetup at Rhinebeck will be easily identifiable. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Sweet. We'll think of something. You can subscribe to this podcast. Anywhere you get your audio podcasts, you can rate or review us to help other knitters find us.
1: We want to hear from you. Send us emails at dearscratch at scratchsupplyco.com. You can shoot us a DM on our Instagram page where you should be following us so you can see everyone's project progress. And our account is at make good Pod.
0: Next week, we have a special guest, which we're super excited about.
1: Yay! Yeah, next week is interview time.
0: Woo! And we will talk to you then. Bye bye.